0: You're listening to DraftKings Network. All I want to say is this about that thing, whatever it is, whether it's a friendship, whether it's a romance, whether it's something in between, or whether it's even real. What I'm going to say is this is massive, massive business for two entities that the last thing they need is more business and more attention. The business of sports with Andrew Brandt. You recognize that music under us from my son Sam Brandt, following at Boy Blue Tunes, got his music career taken off in L.A. We're produced by Jack Connell. We're presented, as always, by DraftKings. You know my routine. I give you the highlights from the business of sports, primarily the NFL, but beyond. As we get into the late September, early October, in a Buttoned up, 20, 25, 30-minute roll every week, so it's naturally a part of your listening. We try to be unique here. We try to make it something you don't find anywhere else. If you want to support me and the podcast, you can go to andrew brand 20 at Venmo, but always appreciate you sharing with us with a friend and giving us rankings, comments, etc. on Apple Podcasts, wherever you hear your podcasts. I'm going to do some Brant's rants today, but you know where I'm going to start. You know where I'm going to start, where I have to start. It's Taylor and Travis. The world was abuzz on Sunday afternoon at about four fifteen, four thirty, when the first image came from the suite, the skybox, the luxury box at Arrowhead Stadium that had Taylor Swift, yes, Taylor Swift, sitting next to Mama Kelsey, rooting on Travis Kelsey, and the Kansas City Chiefs, and she was quite vociferous in her support and jumping up and down in that big smile we've all grown to love. Listen, there's no bigger star than Taylor Swift, maybe in the world. There's certainly bigger stars in the NFL than Travis Kelsey, but that may be changing. He's moving up the ranks based on this. I'm not going to say things that are dramatically different than others who are saying things, but All I want to say is this about that thing, whatever it is, whether it's a friendship, whether it's a romance, whether it's something in between, or whether it's even real. What I'm going to say is this is massive, massive business for two entities that the last thing they need is more business and more attention. But they will tell you it never hurts, right? It never hurts. So what we have is Taylor Swift, one of the biggest brands in the world, the nfl, one of the biggest brands in the world and by proxy the chiefs and travis Kelsey, a growing brand, one of the biggest brands on the player side in the nfl, all getting bumps from this, all getting major major bumps from this. It almost I'll get back to this at the end of this rant, but it almost seems too good to be true and meaning is this real? Because what we have now is these two massive brands. I'm just going to focus on the NFL and Taylor Swift joining together through this romance with Travis Kelsey to make this one of the biggest brand connections ever in terms of attracting new fans. So let's just go through, let me I've, I've sort of compiled some of the increases since Taylor showed up in that game against the Bears on Sunday afternoon in the box next to Mama Kelsey. A few things that have gone on. I'll just list them for you. The Chiefs, they've sold more tickets in a single day than any time since the training camp started. Okay? Since Taylor showed up in their box, the Chiefs have sold more tickets than any time before. There's been a three-time increase Threefold fold increase in Chiefs' sales on StubHub. There's been a three-fold increase in Chiefs' searches on Google. There's been a 63% jump in female viewers of the NFL, age 18 to 49. I'll say that one again. There's been a 63% spike since Taylor Swift showed up in female viewership of the NFL, age 18 to 49. That Chiefs Bears game, one of the least competitive games of the season, had 24.3 viewers. It was the number one game this week. With all these great games, with the with the Dolphins scoring 70 points, the shootout between the Vikings and the Chargers, uh, the incredible comeback by Jordan Love and the Packers, that was the most watched game. 24.3 million viewers watched that game. Kelsey... As of a couple days ago, I know this has gone way up past this, added about 400,000 Instagram followers. Kelsey's podcast, which was already up towards the top, now is number one on Apple Podcasts. Yes, it's not the business of sports with Andrew Brandt. It's Kelsey's podcast with his brother, New Heights, with Jason and Travis Kelsey. And to top it off, speaking of Travis, there's been a 400% spike. 400% spike. In Travis Kelsey jersey sales. So listen, Travis Kelsey, pretty out there. A lot of commercials before all this didn't need the spike, but boy, is he getting them. The Chiefs, (laughs) Super Bowl champions, as well-known a team as any, didn't need a spike, but boy, are they getting one. And of course, the NFL, by proxy, is getting a huge spike in all this. Listen, the demographics were covered except for a few, right? The demographics for the NFL included mostly guy, I mean, most, most categories of guys, period. Like, just guys. 18 to 25, third 26 to 34, 35 to 44, 45 to 54, 55 to 64, 65 to 70. It's all there. What the NFL lacked was key demos with women, especially 18 to 49. So what do they get? They get a 63% increase in key demos for women. Out of this. Out of Taylor showing up in that box. So the NFL, which has all the demos with men, gets a huge spike with women with Taylor showing up. What about Taylor? Well, Taylor's got all the demos with women. I mean, let me just say this. She's got all the demos with young women. And she's got a lot of demos with older women, and she's got some demos with men. But she did not have, in a in a general sense, the hardcore football guide demo, or the football guide demo, or the football fan demo. Now, maybe some of that sprinkles into some of these other categories, but now she's got that. Now, she, now that's gonna not gonna be as seamless a crossover as the Females watching football because of Taylor Swift, but you're going to get a lot of people interested in the NFL that weren't because they're Swifties. So now the NFL is getting the Swifties and then you bring it down to Kelsey. Oh my God. All these women, all these young women, all these women everywhere are now all in on Travis Kelsey. Whether they want the relationship to succeed, to fail, to produce some songs out of it, to produce some drama, some romance, some non-romance, some breakups, whatever it is, it's happening. So Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey is a boom for business. Business is booming for two entities, three entities, four entities, NFL, Chiefs, Kelsey, Swift, that didn't need it. Like, there's so many... Hundreds of thousands of business entities below them that needed more publicity. These two, these four didn't need it, and they're getting it. They're getting it. 24.5 million people watching a blowout, of the Chiefs and the Hapless Bears. 63% jump in female viewers since that game. Travis Kelsey getting a 40% spike in jersey sales. He didn't do anything. I guess he caught a touchdown and played okay, but oh my God. And, of course, what he was wearing is that, drive, that drive-by that drive when they took a video of him and Taylor walking out. That's spiking. Everything's spiking. Everything is coming up north on the business side on these two. Which brings up the question of, could this be fake? Could this be manufactured just for all the buzz it's getting? Yeah, I guess. I'm going to give it benefit of the doubt, you know, that love is in the air. I'm going to give it the benefit of the doubt that love is in the air between these two. Listen, as everyone knows, Kelsey, what, he sent over a friendship ring with a number, whatever. He shot his shot, seems to be working. Who knows? These things are volatile, <laughs> these affairs of the heart. You know, everyone listening knows nothing is secure. This is not like a long-term contract. Well, in the NFL, long-term contracts don't even mean anything, but like a long-term football or, ba- or basketball or baseball contract. This is not something you're going to say rock solid, of course. They're young. But what a boom for business. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. All right, speaking of business, I touched on this a little last week. I want to say it again. The ownership committee is looking into this NFL ownership, looking into other ways to have ownership in the NFL. Traditionally, it's been these individuals high net worth individuals all banding together to form a team with one person at the helm. Well, the one person at the helm, that owner that we all relate to, that owner we all call that owner of that team, that will not change. But the NFL's look into the words, quote, eligible categories of investors has really got my attention because what I think is happening is they're looking into allowing institutional financing of these teams. So institutional meaning non-individual, meaning private equity, hedge funds, and most importantly for our discussion, sovereign wealth funds. So the NBA and the NHL and Major League Baseball allow corporate investment in these teams. They have rules like the NBA has, which is no more than 20% of the team can be owned by an institutional money, and no more than 30% and no more than 20% by an individual firm. So PE firms can get involved in these other sports. They just can't get involved at a majority level. I think that's going to happen. The NFL has been very, very strict about only having individuals, but we're running out of these incredibly high net worth, elitely high net worth individuals and multi billionaires. So what I think we're going to have is similar rules. The NBA, maybe even more restrictive. Maybe something like, okay, we can have institutional money, but only ten percent max from one firm and fifteen percent overall of the purchase price, because again. With $6 billion for the commanders, which, uh, which greatly exceeded the $4.6 billion of the Broncos, which greatly exceeded, even doubled, the prior re- franchise purchase before that, Carolina Panthers for 2275000000 $2, billion, it, you're going to need this wealth. It's coming from somewhere else. And then you talk about sovereign wealth funds. The Qatari Investment Authority is already in on the Wizards and Capitals. You're going to see more of this. And people always ask, well, what about PIF, who bought golf? Well, they bought golf, the Live Tour and the PGA Tour, to get a foothold into more sports. Sports is something that I diversify and have a portfolio beyond oil, and that's what they're doing. So what we have with the Saudi investment, Public Investment Fund, PIF, $700 billion of assets, it sounds preposterous that they could actually get involved in the core four sports, especially the NFL, but I don't put it past it. I don't put it past them because these franchise values have become so high. They've skyrocketed to such a point. You're going to need institutional investment. And, of course, there's going to be P.E. money. But there's going to be sovereign wealth fund money. And, yes, one day the Saudi investment fund. Because when they bought golf, they put out this little incremental creep into the consciousness of people saying, yeah, maybe they aren't so bad. Maybe this sports washing is not so bad. And that's where we are. Okay, speaking of outside uh, this country investment, we start the international games this weekend. Jaguars, of course, and I have more on the Jaguars, uh, they're, they're starting their London tour. You know, they've got two London games starting this weekend, and they stick around London a week and play another game. They have always been the first team to pounce on London games. They play every year, and now they're playing twice a year. We've got another London game beyond that, three this year. We've got two German games. I don't know yet, but I may be going to one of those German games. Um, Listen, that's great. But now news comes out from the NFL that they want to expand further. They want to look at Spain more on that in a minute. They want to look at Brazil more on that. And they want to look at Australia. And my response is, sure they do. Why not? Because what the NFL has is the most prosperous and profitable and popular league in this country. They don't have that in any other country. Okay, so while the NFL is booming, you know, again, 24 million viewers on a Sunday afternoon, it's just amazing the popularity and prosperity of the league, 110 billion of media contracts, but they don't have it overseas. They don't have it in other countries. Yeah, maybe London, England, maybe Germany, but... Most of these countries, it's still a foreign game. And as you know, as everyone listening knows, American football is not that easy to digest, especially compared to two sports much more popular worldwide, which are basketball and, of course, soccer. Those things are pretty easy to digest. Soccer, you kick the ball in the goal. Basketball, you put the ball in the goal. Now, I know those sports can be more intricate with strategy and schematics, but football's tough. You know, American football is tough for a novice to sort of figure out. And that's what I think is interesting about this. They want to expand for revenue opportunities, of course. But will it take? Will it take beyond a single one-off game? And maybe that's all they want. (laughs) Maybe that's all the NFL wants. A one-off, like they started doing one-offs in Germany and one-offs in London. A one-off in Spain, a one-off in Brazil, a one-off in Australia. But boy, do I know. I hope Spain has changed because... My two years running the Barcelona Dragons, God. I mean, they cheered at the wrong times. They did the wave the entire game long. They were doing the goalposts in the corners of the end zone. I had to put night tables with pillows at the end of each bed so players' feet wouldn't flop over. I could never get enough food. They ruined our uniforms with laundry every game. I had to bribe customs for our uh, equipment. It was not just a job as an adventure. Now, in 30 years since the World League, yeah. I'm sure they've gotten a lot better. But Spain, a game in Madrid will will be worlds from what I experienced in Barcelona back in the 1990s. But that's where we are. The idea of the NFL going to Spain, Brazil, Australia, of course. The question is, infrastructure-wise, can they do it? And what about selling American football globally beyond the infrastructure of London and Frankfurt and places like that. We'll see. We'll see. But it's an obvious statement to me that they want to get a foothold in these other countries with huge revenue opportunities there. The question is, will these fans buy in? And maybe they don't want to buy in beyond one, one game a year. And that's fine. That's kind of where they are. Okay. Speaking of the Jaguars, who start their London tour this week, again, the most... Uh, interested team in playing in London. If we are going to get a London team, they would be first in line, holding their hands up, showing up at four in the morning to get a first first dibs at getting that invitation to be the London franchise, which I don't think is going to happen. Certainly not in this decade. But London, uh, the Jaguars, back in this country, back in their presumed home... Mark Lamping, the president of the Jaguars, is speaking at some conference and makes some statement about wanting a billion dollars of public funding in a public-private partnership to build a new stadium in Jacksonville and making some very disturbing comments that come off as threatening, to something like, do you want a team in Jacksonville? Do you want to lose the Jaguars? We need you to step up? I mean, listen, he walked back those comments after getting a lot of criticism. But that's basically what it is. I mean, listen, this has been going on forever. Owners and owners' representatives using the idea, the threat, the perceived threat, the milla percentage of happening threat of moving to their advantage. That's what's happening here. Of course it's what's happening. Now, they, you know, teams have used LA as a stalking horse or Vegas for years. Those, Those are gone. We've got two teams in LA. We got a team in Vegas. Where are they using as a stalking horse? Where are the Jaguars going to move? London? Well, maybe that's the best bet. Are they going to go to Austin? Really? Are they going to go to Toronto? Are they going to go to San Diego? Are they going to go to St. Louis? Come on. So, do I fault Lamping for doing this? No, because he is seeing what his brethren around the NFL have done. Buffalo Bills, 850 Stadium. $850 million of a stadium price coming from public funds. $600 million from the state of New York, $250 million from the county of Erie to support that stadium. Where were they going to move? Right? Were they going to go to Toronto, Austin? Were they going to go to San Diego, St. Louis? No. But the implied threat got the money. Even Kathy Hochul, the governor of New York, said something about, I couldn't imagine living without the bills. They weren't going anywhere. Come on. People be smarter. They weren't going anywhere, but they got the money. Nashville, $1.2 billion going to the Titans. Where were they going? Where were they going? Austin, San Diego, St. Louis? Come on. But they've been successful. Now, some municipalities just say no, right? Uh, San Francisco, California, you know, the L.A. where Kroenke built that wonderful building, SoFi Stadium, out of his own money. But Jacksonville's going down the path. Here we go. You know, trying to leverage the implied ridiculous threat of moving to get public funding from, you name it, from Jacksonville City, whatever the county is, the state of Florida. We'll see if there's an appetite for public financing from that group. It just doesn't seem like it. But again, Lamping is walking back those comments. Meanwhile, the team's abandoning Jacksonville for, I don't know if it's one or two home games to play in London. I mean, it's just... You got to wonder about the Jaguars. Uh, you know, what are they doing here? Trying to leverage a billion dollars with no threat of leaving other than London when they've already left the team for home games. I can't imagine some teams leaving a home game on the table every year. Can you imagine that in pick a place? Green Bay, Washington, New England, Denver. I mean, some of the Pittsburgh. Some of these football crazy places, Dallas, of course not. They're not going to happen. But anyway, good luck to the Jaguars. You know my saying about what NFL owners try to do. It's the best business strategy in the history of the world. They privatize profit and socialize cost, right? Titans just got the best deal in the history of the business of football. They got a billion two from the city. Bills got 850. Raiders got 750 from the state of Nevada. Lucas Oil and the Colts got like 600 million, state of Indiana. I mean, that pales in comparison to any player deal, right? These are the best deals in the history of the business of football. Look at those numbers. Billion point two from Nashville. And we'll see. Maybe Lamping thinks he's being charitable. I was only asking for a billion when in Nashville got one too. We'll see. Okay. I'll leave it there. That's my little tidy half-hour branch rants. Go to the newsletter if you haven't gotten it, andrew can Go to sportsbusinessleague.com. I'll do videos every day. We meet Wednesday nights. And, of course, Twitter, Andrew Brandt. Instagram, where I do these reels, kind of like what you hear here, a little more chopped up. Andrew Brandt, two on Instagram. Thanks for your comments. Got some nice notes from you over the week. That you enjoy this sort of bite-sized look at the business of sports, the business of football. I'll do it every week, same time, or not same time, same time, yeah, about half hour. Come to this feed. every. Thanks to my producer, Jack Connell, my musical producer, Sam Brandt. Thanks to you for listening. Share it with a friend. Again, if you want to support me in the podcast, Andrew-Brandt-20 on Venmo. Have a great week, everyone. Enjoy the games. Do Packers-Lions tomorrow night. And I'll I'll talk to you. Wait, I was just thinking, this Dame trade. Okay, before you hang up. The Dame trade, I, there's not a lot of business aspects to it, but some, it just got noted on my card here. Dame Lillard going to um, Milwaukee. Now, everything pointed to him going to Miami, and it was going to be hard to do a deal with only one suitor that didn't have enough assets. Well, sometimes don't trust what you believe. I mean, don't trust what you read. It wasn't a one-team trade. He could go if he could go play with Giannis. He could, he would, and here he goes. So again, don't necessarily believe everything you read. Dame Lillard was not a one-team destination. He's now going to another destination, and he seems excited, happy to go to Milwaukee. How about that? Green Bay Packers signed Reggie White when no one, everyone said no one would ever go there in free agency game a little happy going to Milwaukee when it was said no one would ever go to these places in free agency. Okay, that's it for now. I'll be back next week with another edition of the business of sports with Andrew.